In the name of one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Happy Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. So pleased to have you with us today. Today's gospel lesson, the good news of our Savior, is often known as the Johannine Prologue. John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. Having just celebrated Christmas Eve, the nativity story and the Gospel of Luke still lingers in our minds. We picture Mary and Joseph trekking to Bethlehem, the infant Jesus lying in the manger, and the angels announcing the birth to the shepherds and the mysterious magi following a star to the babe of Bethlehem. However, reading the opening words of the Gospel of John jolts us into a very different sphere of thought. John wants to take us back, take us back to the beginning, not the beginning of the story when the angel Gabriel announces to Mary that she's giving birth to a child, but back to the beginning of all that is. Peabody and Sherman would have said, the wayback machine. John takes us back before the creation of the first human beings, back before the age of the dinosaurs, back before creatures of any kind. John takes us back before plant life, back before the mountains and the valleys are formed back before the oceans appeared, back before our solar system came together and planets were caught in the gravitational pull of the sun. John takes us way back. He writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. Then a few verses later, and the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. When his poetry about the Word, John urges us to contemplate the mystery behind the relationship of Jesus and God. You know, Luke uses the virgin birth to describe this unique connection. While all of us are siblings one to another and children of God, to describe Jesus as a son is to describe a completely different reality. Jesus has this deeper bond and more harmonious relationship with God than we do. Keep in mind, the Gospel of John was written much later than the Gospels of Matthew and Mark and Luke, and John has had more time to ponder the mystery of God's unique presence in Jesus. And he decided not to use the birth story. Perhaps they sounded too literal in describing the relationship that was beyond the grasp of human thought. 
So John chose symbolic speech to communicate the relationship between Jesus and God. John declares that the human being known as Jesus of Nazareth provides our very best glimpse of God. And through his teaching and his manner of living, he's our window into the character of God. And he doesn't conclude the description of Jesus as the Word by declaring that Jesus is the preexistent Son of God through whom all things came into being. Continuing in his poetry, he says, what has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. John introduces this concept of darkness, this withoutness, this less than. And on one hand, he says, darkness is like suffering or evil and the hardships that rob life of its vitality. And on the other hand, ignorance or misunderstanding, either an inability or an unwillingness to grasp the truth. I find it helpful to intertwine these two together because Jesus enlightens us by helping us to better comprehend the nature of God and what ingrains or leavens life with vitality. And Jesus gives us hope because he is the one who is victorious over the powers of the darkness that rob us of the promise of better things to come. And when John says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it, it is a powerful and positive affirmation. I don't know about you, but don't you wish the light would not only shine in the darkness, but would also obliterate the darkness? Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, suggests that darkness is the monster that lies to us. Darkness is the monster that lies to us. You know, at this point in the year, and at this point in the celebration of Christmas, for most Americans, it's over, right? We've done the manger, we've done the carols, we did the shopping, we put out the luminaria, we picked up the soggy luminaria, We've done the swaddling clothes, we've done the incense, we've done the breakfast for our friends who are experiencing homelessness. There are retrospective pieces appearing in the media, and inevitably we, we look back to the year that has ended, and we reflect on that time, and I'm no exception, I do that. And this time I, I get a distinct impression that 2019 was, in one way or another, a difficult year for many of us. I think if I were to ask you what headlines from the past year spring to mind, I would wager that most of them might be negative. This year, the cathedral has lost some beloved parishioners, and many of us who remain, we've, we've, we've been through our challenges as well. 
I mean, even Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has acknowledged that 2019 was quite bumpy. Well, then maybe we're in more trouble than I thought. And it raises for me the question, what is Christmas? What is Christmas in the face of all that is dark? I mean, do we really expect these stories and this music, the carols and the hymns, the traditions to change the world in any meaningful way? Or, or even in our own lives? Perhaps they will provide a pleasant diversion and indeed a moment's peace and joy and refuge. But after the gifts are opened and the family and friends have gone home and the decorations are put away and the church hangings change from white to green, will any of this Christmas remain? Because while Christmas may feel for so many like the end of the year, the end of the season, the culmination of all that was, that's pretty much the opposite of what's going on here. It's pretty much the opposite of what John is saying when he brings us back to the very beginning. The very beginning, every single year on Christmas Day, we read the Gospel of John in the first chapter. It is this very first moment when humanity comes face to face with the divine in Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. These first moments when we can see and hear and feel and touch, and let's be honest, smell our God. So much of the time for so many, it does seem like the darkness is winning, doesn't it? War is the monster in the darkness that tells us the lie that there can be no peace. Addiction is the monster in the darkness that tells us the lie that anything from the outside of me can fill the deep soul sickness that I feel without my addiction. The lie that you're okay. Isolation is the monster in the darkness that tells the lie that I'm better off in the world just worrying about my own needs. Misogyny, the monster in the darkness. Racism, the monster in the darkness. Gossip, darkness. Oppression, human trafficking. Sexism, domestic violence. Crime, bullying. Lying, monsters, and darkness. I feel sometimes as if the darkness has mauled the light and is running a victory lap. Don't you wish the light would just do away with the darkness once and for all? I'd like you all, if you do such exercises, to close your eyes and, and put your hands up against your eyes and, and, and get it as dark in there as you can. And I want you to think of a dark episode in your life. 
Go ahead and open your eyes. God is not a mere match in a dark room. God is not candles that will burn themselves out in a short time. God's not a flashlight app on a phone. God is an eternal flame that burns in people's hearts. And that flame assures us, assures us with everything I believe that God is with us. God is with us in the bleak midwinters. God is with us in the dark night of the soul. God is with us in our deepest, deepest despairs. And God is with us in our greatest joys. God illumines our path through those shadowy mazes of existence, and God ignites hope for a better day. John knew that all was not right with the world. He knew it. He lived under the oppressive occupation of the Romans. He was exiled to a tiny island. There was no doubt for him. Darkness was formidable. But he also knew something else. John knew something that is not always apparent. John knew that God is always with us, always in the darkness, and he will never be extinguished as the light. We celebrate this moment in time, this day, this, this Christ Mass, and we go all the way back to the beginning because a Savior was born. God's promises are kept. Our hope has been fulfilled. God has made the most profound investment in the world that ever could be made because God has become a part of the world. And from now on, God has some flesh in the game. We celebrate this first of the 12 days of Christmas as witnesses. Witnesses to God breaking the silence of the day with the birth of the newborn Jesus. And as just as the silence breaks, so goes the dawning of a new day. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. If this is a new dawning for your day, we're so grateful you have shared it with us. Merry Christmas.